Welcome back everyone. Why do you think many investors choose to go with index funds or ETFs versus selecting their own individual stocks? It might be because data tells us it's really tough to beat an index fund in the long run. And most investors that pick their own stocks end up with below average results. So why should you spend more time doing something that will lead to a subpar outcome? I believe many investors like to have control over where their hard money is invested. And perhaps the ETFs and index funds in the market don't exactly fit their ideal investment style. The best thing about ETFs is the ability to automate your investing experience. In the simplest form, you can set up your investment schedule once and let it run on autopilot for years. If done correctly, this process will likely lead to a great outcome with little to no effort from you and a very minimal time commitment. I like investing in individual stocks, and I also like the automation that ETFs provide. What I don't like is that there isn't a perfect ETF out there that invests in only the companies I would like to invest in. And this magical ETF will never exist because it's impossible to cater to every investor's needs at the same time. This is why I decided to combine the automation of an ETF with my preference to invest in only the companies that fit my specific criteria. And that's how the four-factor portfolio was When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I took a simple and proven way to automate the stock selection process and combined it with the universe of stocks that makes sense to me. With this portfolio, I get to own the companies I like without having to spend a great deal of time figuring out when to buy or sell them, and most importantly, which ones present a better opportunity at any given moment. This portfolio is by no means perfect, and there is no guarantee it'll lead to a better than average outcome. Thus far, the actual portfolio has been doing exceptionally well, and if you follow the channel, you likely already know that as I have been documenting and sharing this process from day one. What I want to talk about today is the process itself. I'll sprinkle in some updates as well, but maybe a strategy like this will make sense for you. It really isn't that difficult to set this strategy up, and it will work for any style of investing you are into. There's really two parts to the equation here. The first is figuring out which stocks make sense to you or fit your investing objectives. The second is setting up the automation that will limit or completely remove you from the decision-making process. Okay, let's start with the first part, or coming up with a list of stocks that fit your investing style. And this is probably the more difficult part. There's many ways you can do this, from just randomly coming up with a list to a more structured process like setting up a stock screener. I personally opted for the latter. My investing style is a focus on dividend growth and adequate total return, and I prefer to invest in quality companies. To get my short list of stocks that fit this style of investing, I set up a simple screener using my Schwab brokerage account. I included a total of 8 metrics to narrow the thousands of dividend paying stocks to a more manageable list. These metrics are a payout ratio no higher than 80%, a 3 and 5 year dividend growth rate of at least 5%, a 5 year revenue and earnings per share growth rate of at least 5%. The stock must trade on the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ. It must also have a wide or narrow moat rating for Morningstar, as well as a standard or exemplary stewardship rating. I believe these criteria help filter out companies that are of higher quality compared to their peers and they also provide a decent baseline commitment to paying and increasing dividends. The number of stocks the screener generates will vary for any given month. For example, when I ran this screener for the very first time in October of last year, I ended up with 174 companies. More recently, when I ran this same screener at the end of July, it produced a list of 133 companies. 
Now, I don't necessarily believe that all of the companies that pass the screener are great businesses and that they will make for a good investment. But I do think that using the screening process is more efficient compared to me just randomly selecting a bunch of companies. Additionally, this screener can present me with stocks that I am not familiar with and put them on my radar. I like getting my universe of stocks through this process because I think the list of stocks the screener generates each month gives me a wide but focused range of companies that more or less fit my investing style. Okay, so once I have my universe of stocks that is tailored to my investing style, the next step in the process is to automate which ones I will invest in and for how long. The how long part is totally up to you. You can run this automation once a year, each quarter, or even every month. It all really depends on how passive you'd like this portfolio to be. I originally opted to rebalance my portfolio once per year, and the next rebalancing is actually coming up at the end of October. Thus far, my portfolio is up about 20% and doing a little bit better than the S&P 500, which is pretty good given how odd this year has been, with only a handful of stocks driving their return for most indices. The four-factor strategy uses four financial metrics to determine which of the stocks in my universe present the best opportunity today. The four metrics are the free cash flow to total debt ratio, the five-year dividend growth rate, the return on capital, and the forward dividend yield. These metrics are focused on both dividends and the quality of a business. The free cash flow to total debt ratio will favor financially liquid companies that generate healthy cash flows and are not overly burdened by debt. The five-year dividend growth rate will favor companies that are growing their dividends better than others. The return on capital will favor more profitable businesses and those that are efficient at generating returns for their shareholders. And the forward dividend yield will favor companies that pay a more generous dividend stream today. What I do is find this information for each company in my universe of stocks and then simply rank all of the stocks from one to whatever for each individual metric. Then I combine all of the rankings and sort the list in ascending order and select the highest 20 stocks to be included in the portfolio. You can choose more stocks or less stocks. There's really no right or wrong number here. I like to pick a nice and even amount and one that will give me an even allocation split. For example, 20 stocks equally weighted in the portfolio will have an allocation of 5%, nice and clean. So you might be wondering if there's a fast way to find this financial information for the 133 stocks in my current universe without manually looking all of this up. And there is a free way you can do this relatively quickly. I use Seeking Alpha, and you don't need to have a premium subscription to do this, but you will need to be signed up for a free account with them. Once you're on Seeking Alpha, all you do is simply set up a new portfolio by clicking this plus new portfolio button. Then you give it a name and hit create portfolio. Next, what you want to do is add all of the stocks on your ideal list into this portfolio. After you're done adding all of the tickers, you will be able to see a wide range of financial and dividend data for all of these companies. On the portfolio page, there is another button that allows you to add a new view to the portfolio pane. You want to go ahead and click this button and add the following five financial metrics to this view. Cash from operations, total debt, five-year dividend growth rate, return on total capital, and the forward dividend yield. We need five metrics because Seeking Alpha doesn't have an option to see the free cash flow total debt ratio. But what we can do is compute this ratio ourselves by dividing cash from operations by total debt. Once you have this new view all set up, if you do have a premium subscription to Seeking Alpha, you should be able to see this export button that will let you extract this data into a spreadsheet. If you're on the free version, I don't believe you'll be able to use this button. But what you can do instead is simply copy and paste this data into a spreadsheet. You might have to clean up the data a bit, but you should still be able to get it into a spreadsheet fairly quickly. Once you have the data on a spreadsheet, the rest is pretty straightforward. Simply rank all of the stocks for each of the four factors. Combine the rankings and select the best stocks. I've been tracking the screening process on a monthly basis since the end of May. And I have two four-factor strategies I am doing this for. The first is the dividend growth and total return focused list of stocks I spoke about today. And the second is a similar list, but one that is more focused on higher yielding stocks. 
I share these lists with my Patreon community, and recently, I looked at how they would have performed had I actually invested in the stocks they presented. Remember, I do have a 4-factor portfolio, but it won't be rebalanced until the end of October, so these lists are just a way for me to collect more data, and perhaps they're informative for my patrons. Let's take a look at the monthly lists and their short-term results. I'll start with the dividend growth and total return focus list. The top 10 stocks at the end of May would have returned 7.35% during the month of June. The top 20 stocks performed better with a 9.4% return. This is compared to a 6.6% return for the S&P 500. Both the top 10 and top 20 stocks also performed well in July, with a 5.58% and 5.21% return respectively, while the S&P returned only 3.2%. August is still ongoing, and it looks like the S&P is down more than 4% this month, and both the top 10 and top 20 stocks are not doing great either. The screener as of June 30th was very similar to the May 31st list. The only exception in the top 20 stocks was the inclusion of AMAT, at the expense of WGO. The returns the June list has generated are also fairly similar to those I just shared for the May list, since the majority of the same stocks were still included. The high dividend 4-factor list has done well since the end of May as well. The top 10 stocks as of month end May returned 8.99% in June, and a flat 8% in July. The top 20 stocks returned 7.08% in June, and 7.01% in July. That puts them 7.4% ahead of the S&P 500 during this 2-month period. The June month-end list also got off to a great start, with the top 10 stocks rocking a cool 9.03% in July, and the top 20 stocks returning 7.71%, compared to a 3.2% return from the S&P 500. August is thus far not doing so well, but in line with the loss we are seeing from the S&P 500. While I don't have a long track record of performance for this strategy, thus far it has generated better than adequate results. I like this process of automation that allows me to still invest in companies that fit my style, but remove some of the decision making. I'm curious what you think. Do you think the four-factor strategy is crazy or brilliant? I'm not convinced it's either at the moment, and I'll let the long-term results dictate which it will be. If you enjoyed the content, please do me a huge favor and give this podcast a 5-star rating. Thank you for joining me today, and see you next time.